0: I want to continue off of what I started to share with you last week and uh, you know and, and you know this is you 're going to be hearing more about this in the coming weeks. Uh, this is something that the lord 's been stirring in me about this year for us specifically as a church, um, but it also Plays out in our own personal lives. And so last week we began to talk about generosity and uh, really what does that mean? What does that look like? And, you know, and even the idea last week, the kind of the big idea was this is that in the natural, this is what it says is that, hey, I need to be prosperous so that I can be generous. And yet the Bible says it's actually the exact opposite is that we have to actually become generous so that prosperous. And prosperity can actually come into our lives. Why? Because if you'll squander a little, you'll squander a lot. If you're generous with a little, you'll be generous with a lot. And, you know, the Bible talks about faithfulness. And so the question from God to us is this, is that what are you doing with what I've put in your hands? And, um, you know, and so that's some of kind of the overview of of really a little bit of what I shared, uh, you know, last week. And really, you know, when we're talking about generous, and I'm not talking, just so that you know, uh, I'm not talking about what we just did with the offering, You know, there's people who are tithers who are not generous people. How many of you realize that? Now, in the natural, you just think, well, I'm a tither, I'm generous. Not necessarily. Uh, When I'm talking about generosity, I mean a generous life. uh, And and a giving of yourself, a giving of your talents, a giving of your time. Yes, it involves your money, but that's just a portion of generosity. That's not the full picture. And so, um, you know, and I believe tithing is important. I believe it's a command from Scripture that we're supposed to actually do it. Uh, Why? Because it says that we're to honor the Lord. Uh, And that's really what tithing is all about. But that's not the the limitation or where the determining factor of of generous uh, really begins. And so, uh, you know, many of you have heard me share this verse, but it's probably one of my favorite verses about uh, living generously. But it says in Proverbs chapter 11, verse 24 and 25 I'm going to read this out of a different Amplified Bible. They have a new one out so the last couple of weeks. But I really like the way it rewords some things. And this is what it says in Proverbs 11:24 and 25. It says, There is one who generously scatters abroad and yet increases all the more. So it's, Addition by subtraction would be another way to say that. And it says, but there is also one who withholds what is justly due, but it only results in want and in poverty. It says in verse 25, the generous man is a source of blessing and shall be prosperous and enriched. And he who waters will himself be watered, reaping the generosity that he has sown. Reaping the generosity that he has sown." So, you know, and we looked at this last week, and the Bible's very clear in its instructions to us, is that we are not to live closed-off lives. You know, um, many of you are familiar with this gentleman, but, you know, Dave Ramsey gives an illustration that he talks about that a closed fist is, is really just a picture and a representation of a closed-off spirit. In other words, I'm holding to what's mine, you know. And I was actually having a conversation with somebody today and they were talking about their upbringing. And they were talking about how they really grew up with very little. And so in their adult life, what happened? They got very tight, right? Why? Because all they could think about was, I didn't have and so I want to make sure that I'm never there again. You know, well, the problem is is that being financially responsible, if we're not careful, can actually lead into greed, and, we, and and the thing is that greed is not a, um, it's not a decision, but it is a motivation. You know, and the question becomes, where is your trust? You know, even when you're thinking about your job and your paycheck, well, that shouldn't be your source. It may be a source. Let me even challenge that thought a step further. If your job is your source, then you have limited God's ability to provide for you through that source. Yeah, that's good. What if God wants to provide for you through another source? Not, a, not necessarily just like a nude source. What if he wanted to give you a second source of income? Now, some of you probably look at me like I'm nuts. But why limit God and say, well, my confidence is there? Because God may say, hey, you can still be faithful in your job, in your vocation, but I want to open up an opportunity for you in addition to that. I mean, you know, God does those kinds of things. But it doesn't happen for the person who is stingy and greedy. It doesn't happen. Why? Because it's a matter of trust from God. He says, I need to know that I can trust you with resources. The message translation says this of the same verse. I like the way that it words. It says, the world of the generous gets larger and larger. The world of the stingy gets smaller and smaller. It says, the one who blesses others is abundantly blessed. And those who help others are helped. You know, and and so even when we're talking about living a generous life, and I would say it this way, having a generous heart. Like, what's your default? Is your default to help or to hoard? Like, you know, when you hear of a need, is it like, you ain't getting nothing from me? Or is it... I want to help. And even if you're not in a place to help, I'm not telling you that to do anything that you're not in a place to do. But even if you're not in a place to do it, what you should be doing is to be doing what the Bible instructs us to do, which is to, number one, begin to sow, which for us as believers is at least in the area of the tithe, and be, and begin to believe God for more. Begin for God to open up opportunity and to give you favor and to expand your ability. Because what happens when we live a life that is small, which is what I believe being self-centered and greedy is, it's a small life. Why? Because you're just concerned about you. I'm just concerned about me when I'm only thinking about me and mine and my stuff and what I've got. But what happens when I begin to think about the needs of others and how I can be involved and how I can be of service. You know, sometimes money doesn't fix problems. Sometimes it's a helping hand that's more important than the money. You know, I I mean, and and those things are true in our lives. And so God may have given you abilities or talents or skills that he wants to use. Well, that's part of being generous. You may say, well, I don't have anything that I can give. You have time. That's more important than money. You know, and, and yeah, it's a sacrifice at times, but part of being generous is about being liberal. It says that there's he who throws out more than what even seems right. And yet they just, their, their life just keeps expanding and expanding and expanding. As opposed to, and it says there, that, that the stingy, the greedy, what happens? It just gets smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller. And, and as believers, I believe that we are called to live generously. In many areas. I believe, I mean, even in my own heart, in my own life, I believe that being generous is sharing my home with other people. That doesn't mean that I just open my home to any and everybody. But I ought to be willing. The Bible actually says that that there's actually a gift called hospitality. What does that mean? It means that you should be open and allowing people to come into your home. Now, I know that may be strange and and a different concept. But the Bible actually taught... You know, the early church didn't meet in churches. They met in homes. If they didn't meet in homes, we wouldn't have churches today. They met in their homes and in many places in the world, that's the norm. Why? Because they can't have church publicly like we do. We're blessed. And so they have to open up their homes and, and, you know, and even allow people to come in. You're like, well, that's an intrusion into my private space. Yeah, it is. But do you want to be stingy? Or do you want to be generous? I, you know, I, I mean, and, and you're like, well, I understand. I have these limitations. I understand. So put your faith out there and begin to believe God. Yeah. Like, let me just give you a natural example. This me and Dara rented a house for years and years and years when we first got married. And, but we needed a bigger house. I mean, we could only put like 10 people in our house. Well, we were youth pastors, and we liked to have the, the youth in our home. I mean, they were, you know, standing against the wall <laughs> I mean, other than, hey, go climb on our bed. There was no more room and they weren't going to my bedroom, you know. No. I love you, but don't go in there. You know, well, we began to believe God. We began to say, God, we want a home that we can entertain in, that we can have our kids in, that we wouldn't be on top of one another. And it became really, for us, it became part of how we ministered to those young people. I mean, and we had it almost all the time. Now, they had to call before. I mean, I had some rules. They didn't just show up. They just showed up. I didn't answer the door. It's called decency. You call before you come. Right? Right. But there were times that it's like, hey, anybody can come over. You know, at certain times. And we would open up our home. And we've always had that as a desire is to, you know, um, to be able to do that. I mean, last year we had the Super Bowl thing was at my house. You know why? Because we want people to be a part of our lives. And it doesn't mean that I have to open my home every day. But if I want, you know, and I would say this, and this is where I'm going with all that. If you're currently believing God for a a home, a different home, start sowing some seed with your home. Begin to open it up and say, Lord, I'm using this tool why for your kingdom. And so I'm sowing some seed for my home. I'm going to begin to use what I have, not wait till I get what, why? I'm going to be generous and then the prosperity can come on the backside. God will increase me and you when we're faithful. And and so, you know, we looked at this last week and I just want to touch on it again. That word there, in other translations, it says that um, it talks about being enriched. And that word actually means to be anointed. You know, and the thing about the anointing is here's what it does. The anointing in our lives always causes us to do and have what we can't do and have on our own. It enables us to go beyond ourselves. That's, that's the reason the anointing of God comes on people. I mean, we read about in the Old Testament, the anointing came on the prophet and he outran a horse. Well, I mean, you know, you can't naturally do that. I mean, horses are built for speed. Humans, not, not so much. Definitely not in the same way. The anointing came on him and what? It created something out of him that was not possible. Well, I also believe that even as we are generous with our lives that and there can be an anointing that actually attracts the blessings of God in our life why because we're sowing and there's also reaping now you know and I'm always cautious about this and the fact of that this is not some get rich quick kind of scheme thing if that's your thought you need to go watch some late night infomercial and they'll give you plenty of get rich quick schemes god's prosperity is this is first consistency first consistency you stay diligent. You stay faithful. You continue doing what you know to do. Why? Because God's not going to overwhelm us to, the, to our hurt or to our harm. Now, he, he wants to bless us, yes, but there also has to come some growth along with it. And so we have to, you know, we have to live that way. And so I want to look at a few verses tonight about this. And uh, the first one comes out of Matthew chapter 6, verse 24. this is such a powerful verse when we really can grab hold of it and understand it. We're going to read verse 24 and 25 from Matthew 6. It says that no one can serve two masters. For you'll either hate one and love the other. You'll be devoted to one and despise the other. It says you cannot serve God and be enslaved to money. Now, you know, and many of you probably have heard this taught. Talks about the spirit of mammon. And you're like, well, what is that? It's the spirit of this world that rests upon money. We redeem our money when what? When we apply it to pre- kingdom principles. But there is, there, if we're not careful, we can be dominated by that spirit of man, Which is, let me kind of summarize is this, is that it's never satisfied and it's never enough. You always have to have more, you always have to have more, you always have to have more. See, I believe we can actually get to a place in even believing God... That we don't even desire more for us, but we're just believing God for more ability to do more. Like, God, I am so good. I am so grateful. I am very blessed. And I don't even need to believe for me and my family. Any longer. All I'm doing is saying, God, I want you to use me so far beyond myself that I can actually affect other people in the kingdom of God and see lives touched and see people changed. And I believe we can actually get to that place where even our own needs, where we get beyond just having to believe God for our own. Why? Because we just know and have an understanding in our spirit that God will take care of me. That we actually can step beyond that place. Now, we all have needs. We all have bills, right? I mean, just practically. But what if we were in such a place of just trust in the Lord that just said, God, whatever you tell me to do, I'm going to do it in instant obedience. An instant, regardless of who it may be or where it may be or what situation. If you really want God to challenge you, wait till he tells you to bless somebody that you don't like. Then you have a heart problem. Why? Because you can't serve God and money. And God doesn't say that we need to qualify the people that he instructs us to bless. One of the greatest challenges in giving to my life was when the Lord told me to give $100 to somebody who I knew absolutely did not need my money. And I definitely thought they did not deserve it. It took me a couple weeks. There was no instant obedience. I was like crock pot, you know. I mean, God said go and I said no. And, uh, you know, but man, there was, and and what was it? Because I was looking at it from my perspective. And really, it had nothing to do with the person that God had instructed me to bless. It had everything to do with my own heart. You know, and the thing is, is that is, and exactly what it says here is that you cannot serve God and be enslaved to money. Because what happens is that especially in our culture, there's really two main gods in our culture that we can see in our Western society. Number one is money. Number two is sex. Those are the two main idols that dominate our culture. I mean, you know, I mean, and if you don't believe me, I can give you a stat. You know, there's more money spent on pornography every year in America than all professional sports combined. I mean, professional football, professional baseball. You can even throw hockey in there. Basketball. All the billions of dollars that they revenue. Porn actually accumulates more money than that. Now think about this, almost half of porn isn't even charged for. Because it's readily available for free on the internet. That's, I mean, that's, that's true, that's, those aren't made up stats, you can go search it. You can go get the facts. And yet, we think so much about how, like, the sexual issues dominate our culture, and yet we don't really think about how much the pursuit of prosperity and the American dream... The American dream with the absence of God is misery. And so just the pursuit of stuff, we're already off the mark. Why? Because once you get all that stuff, there's nothing of meaning behind it. It's just not. It's hollow. I mean, the other side of that is, is our money may be worth nothing in a year. Who are you going to trust in then? Your confidence has always been in your job. What if your, what if your company shuts down? What if your job goes away? What if you get, uh, what do they call that? Um, Not downsized. uh, Outsourced or your job becomes obsolete. Now they have a computer to do that. And all of a sudden, that great job that you've had, that you loved, is gone in a day. I mean, we've had that happen to people in our church. Just one day, job's gone. Well, was your faith and your trust in your job? Was that your source? Or is your source in your generosity? You know, there's a, a verse in the Old Testament that says that we can actually stand upon our generosity. That hey, when things come at me, I can actually go to the Lord with confidence and say, "Lord, I stand and I uh, off of my generosity. I live off of my generosity, not my paycheck." Now, there's still natural things, bills are still due on certain days. But the thing I have found is that if I will live a generous life, is that what will happen is is that God says, "I've got you and I will take care of you and I will provide for you." But it takes a lot of trust. It takes a lot of faith in the Lord to do that, you know. But but and exactly what it, it says here is that you'll either be uh, devoted to one or you and you'll despise the other. Now look, I don't despise money, but I also don't love money. Here is here's just the truth: is that money is nothing more than a tool. It's like a car. Now some of you might love cars, and you might have like nicknames for your car, and you may have you know whatever. For me, a car is nothing more than a tool. It gets me from point A to point B and as long as it gets me there when I expect it to. And I don't go out there and crank and it don't crank, like as long as that stuff ain't going on. It's just a tool for me. You know, I was talking to a young man here a while back. And we were talking about cars and, they, you know, this and that. And I've had two gold Jeeps. Now, I'll just tell you, gold is like my least favorite vehicle. But I didn't care because no one likes gold cars. Right? It's, like the, just so you, it's the least desirable color of a car. Well, because of that, I got better deals on them. Why? Because to me, it's just a tool. Now, here's the kicker. Both of those things, when I went to sell them, I sold them within a week for more money than it was worth. I go figure that one. I bought them cheap, and I sold them high. And I'm not that smart. (laughs) And quickly. Why is that? Because it's just a tool and because I properly understand that hey this is just a vehicle. So Lord, I'm going to ask you cuz I've been generous and I'm going to ask you to help me to sell this vehicle. They've sold every time. Well money is the same way. When you look at it for what it is, which is not real value, it's just a tool. It's just a tool. I mean, if you move to another nation, guess what? Your money is going to change. It won't even be called dollars. It'll be called something else. But your confidence can't be there. It's got to be beyond that. Jesus goes on in verse 25 here and he says, This is why I tell you, don't worry about your everyday life. What you're, if you're going to have enough to eat or to drink or enough clothes to wear. He says, isn't life more than food and your body? Uh, and your body more than just clothing? Of course, he goes on, he begins to challenge the thought and say, hey, why don't you look at the birds? Why don't you look at the lilies? Why don't you look around at the plant? They don't worry. They're not anxious about anything. Why? Because their Father in heaven will provide for them. And then he gives us the thought and says, don't you know how valuable you are to him? If he clothes the lilies with such beautiful colors and, the, you know, go and see the landscape of the earth. And, you know, I, I was heard something on the news the other day and they were talking about like all this snow that we've been getting, not here, but on the East Coast that like California's not in drought, like the entire state's not in drought for the first time in like a decade. You know, and why? Because God's watching over that land. And God will provide for that. Well, just as, as easily as we can uh, believe God for it to rain and in the natural. We used to do that a lot in Kansas because it was a desert and we were a farming community. We'd believe God for rain. Not just for any rain. We'd say slow soaking rain. Why? Because you get a lot of rain on hard ground. It just runs off and doesn't do any good. You can do the same thing in your life. I mean, you know, all of January, the principle was this, is that seek and you will find. You have not because you ask not. If you have a need, ask the Lord in faith without doubting. And the Bible says you will receive the thing that you're asking for. Now, God is not a slot machine. He's not the lottery. We have to walk in the wisdom of Scripture. And when we do it consistently, you will see it begin to work in in your life. Now, there was a young man that came to Jesus. And we see this in... We call him the rich young ruler because that's what the Bible says he was. And in Mark chapter 10, we see an account. And it says that as Jesus was, uh, in verse 17, it says, As Jesus was starting out on his way to Jerusalem, a man uh, ran up to him, knelt down and asked. He says, Good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus asks and says, why do you call me good? Only God is truly good. But to answer your question, you know the commandments. Do not murder, do not commit adultery, do not steal, do not testify falsely. You must not cheat anyone and honor your father and your mother. The man responds says, teacher, I've obeyed all of these commands since I was young. I love how the New Living says this. It says, looking at the man, Jesus felt genuine love for him. Jesus feeling genuine compassion A a true, I would say this way, a heartfelt connection to this man. Looks at him and says, there's still one thing that you haven't done. He says, go and sell your possessions and give the money to the poor. And you will have treasure in heaven. Then come and follow me. In verse 22 it says, then the man's face fell. And he went away sad for he had many possessions. Jesus asked the man for the one thing that he wasn't willing to give. That was the problem. And that's how you know when something's an idol in your life. Because when the Lord asks for it, you say no. You've exalted that thing to a place that is out of balance. Why? Because, I mean, even part of the Ten Commandments, you shall have no other God before me. Well, most of us will say, well, there's no other God in my life other than the Lord. Well, what's more important to you than His instruction? Because that's more important. That, that's, you've elevated something to the height of God. You know, and even this young man here, he had done all these things right, but the one thing that he wouldn't let the Lord touch was maybe his security. You know, and the Amplified Bible even says it this way in verse 22. It says that the man was saddened at Jesus' word and he left grieving because, because he owned much property and had many possessions, which he treasured more than his relationship with God. There's nothing wrong with stuff. There's nothing wrong with prospering. I believe that God wants us to prosper. There's nothing wrong with it. There's nothing wrong necessarily with believing God to increase you. But when that when that desire for increase actually overwhelms your desire to know God more, there's a problem. And, and, you know, and even to the point where if God says, "Hey, stop doing that," okay. I won't do that. You know, and even in the area, and I know that, uh, you know, even this year, one of the things that the Lord kind of spoke to me and really stirred in my heart, which you're like, well, you know, one of the things the Lord talked about in the beginning of this year was financial breakthrough. I'm trying to help you. Now, you may not realize it because you're like, you know that, that I don't have money. I understand. It's the Lord who talks and it's the Lord who gives wisdom, who says, if you'll give, men will give unto you. It doesn't say men will give unto you so that you can become generous. It says, no, we initiate, we set into, into motion and into action what God wants to do. Yeah. And, and so we can't be into a place where we're confident in, number one, our skill set, our ability, our smarts. If you try to trust your ability to figure out your budget more than you do the Lord to help you with your budget, you're going to work your budget by yourself. And I've done that. And I've also worked a budget with the help of the Lord. It's much better because he's a lot smarter than me. And the Lord will make up where I lack. You know, and and so we have to understand these things because even for this rich young ruler, really his stuff had become an idol, but it also became his stumbling block. It says that he didn't just walk away sad. In the Amplified, it it says that he walked away grieving. Because God had hit that one area that he was just like, God, everything but that one place. Proverbs 15, 27 says this, is that greed brings grief to the whole family. Greed brings grief to an entire family. What is greed? It's a longing for what you don't have. We talked about this last week a little bit with covetousness. They're like sister sins, greed and covetousness. They they run together. It's a longing for what you don't have. You know, I shared last week about a watch that I wanted when I was in college that I bought. and My dad made me take it back. That several years later, the Lord actually just gave me. Through a friend. That was a long story, but it was something that I really wanted. I'm a watch guy. I like watches. You know, you may not be. I don't care. I like them. And, uh, you know, And uh, but the thing is, is that what happened was, is that I had you know, because I wanted something that I just couldn't pay for. I mean, I know. I mean, I, I don't know that I know, but I'm pretty certain I, I used a credit card to get it. Why? Because I was young and dumb with a credit card. I know none of you have ever been there. <laughs> but, you know, but the Lord brought it and it brings grief with that. It affects your family. It affects your house. You know, I mean, there's a reason that more marriages fail because of money. It's the number one people, reason people get divorced. Why? Because greed brings about grief. Well, what does greed do? Greed says, I have to have what I can't afford. Sometimes prosperity is this I can, but I don't have to buy. That's actually prosperous thinking. Because greed says, I have to have this, even though I can't afford it. Prosperity will say, I could, but I don't want to. See, what happens? Greed actually drives. You to do things. And it actually, and it's exactly what it says, is that you become enslaved to money. Why? Because you, that's what debt is. You're enslaved to money. Now look, just so we're clear, I have debt in my life right now. So, I'm not pointing fingers at anybody. But, I've got bills that I have to pay. And so I don't have the, really the right to say, I don't want to pay that. I believe in being somebody of your word. And I signed saying I would be responsible for this, that I would pay this. And that's, to the best of my ability, I'm always going to do that. Well, you know, and there's been times where I've had to pick and choose. Like, you know, what can I pay and what can I pay? So I understand probably more than some of you may even realize about what it's like to have to make tough choices. But I also need to understand that, hey, I'm going to work diligently. Even if I'm in that place, that, hey, I'm not going to let money control my life and now be a driving force. No, I'm going to trust the Lord and I'm going to focus on Him. And I'm going to believe that He is going to prosper me. Why? Because I choose to live generously. If I I don't have the resources, I may have skills, I may have abilities. I will find a way to become generous. Why? Because that's God's key to getting prosperity and to seeing prosperity. I don't want to, I mean, because here's the thing. Whether you have nothing or you've got a lot, you can be greedy. Whether you have a lot or whether you have little, you can be generous. The question is the motivation of the heart and and what we are wanting to see God do. And so what happens, you know, even in this is that, that it's actually possible that we can actually be the source of God's blessing stopping flowing in our lives. We can be the very roadblock. So God wants to bless us. But yet, we're not walking in His wisdom, therefore the blessings get stopped up. So we have to, you know. and I mentioned this earlier, is just that even the whole principle in Luke 6.38, now I understand it's talking about forgiveness, but there's still a spiritual principle. Give and it shall be given unto you. So here's the thing that we understand about God, and it even touches into faithfulness, is that we are to be conduits of resources. How many of you know what a conduit is? The, the, the purpose of a conduit is what? To get something from one place to another protected. Like I do electrical work. We run wires through metal conduit. Why? So that if somebody runs into it, hits it with something, they don't cut the wire, becoming dangerous. We can be conduits for natural resources for God to flow through. And here's the thing. When our hearts are right, you know, there's an older saying that I've heard many times, that if God can get it through you, He'll get it to you. If God knows that you're faithful, he says, hey, that's a person that can handle prosperity. Sometimes I believe, and I I say this even because I've, I've seen this in my own life, and these are things that I'm still learning, so just because I'm communicating this to you does not mean I got it all figured out. So please hear that. Is it sometimes what's holding up even the blessings of God flowing in my life is that I'm not in a place to release it. Why? Because what happens is I'm believing God so that I can just meet my needs. You know, I said this earlier, dear. In January, I've said it multiple times. Is that if you're going to believe God, just believe God big. It doesn't take any more faith to believe God for more than it does for little. So why just stop and say, Lord, I think that my needs are met? Just say, Father, I think that my needs are met, and you're going to increase me to the point where I can be an even greater blessing, because I want to do more and I want to be more. uh, I want to influence more people and to touch more people, and I want to be able to have finances flowing through me, not just to me. I mean, that's a generous prayer. Don't be a stingy prayer. Be generous in your prayers. If you're going to believe God, believe God. Don't, don't pray safe prayers. Let me say it this way. If you pray safe prayers, you're going to get some safe results. If you pray some crazy prayers, you're going to get some crazy results. I don't know about you. I kind of like seeing God do crazy things. That's fun. Because at the end, you're like, there ain't no way but God. We didn't do this. We didn't figure this out. Only God could have done this. And what a ride. Yeah. Amen. And then we get to glorify God. Yes. We get to share our testimony and tell about people about the faithfulness and the goodness of God to us. And we get to see what God does through us and through our lives. And we got to be a part of it. Amen. Yeah. But see, God is looking for faithful hands. Yes. Faithful, steady hands that He can flow through. Even in this area of finances. You know, I mentioned something close to this earlier, but I'll reiterate it. Is this, is that we're not, we're not supposed to live closed-off lives only considering ourselves and our needs. You know, one of the things that marked the early church, yes, it was their connectedness to one another. But did you also know it was their generosity to one another? They would see a need and they would go get rid of some stuff. If they had something that somebody else needed, they'd just say, Hey, I've got this, but I ain't using it. Here you go. Here you go. Now, I'll give you a natural example of this because I'm a tool person as well. Most of you know this, right? I like tools and I like stuff in, in that way. I enjoy working with tools and, you know, you know, sometimes me and Daryl will be talking and I'll say something I want a tool, and she's like, Do you really need that? And I'm like, Not today. But if I had it, I will find a need for it, right? But here's the other side of that. I also let people use my stuff. And if I have something that you will be responsible with and not tear up, and I trust you. Like in other words, if you take care of your stuff and I know you'll take care of my stuff, I'm all right with it. Why? Because if I can help you. Now, let me just say this. Some people, I go with my tools for them to borrow them. Right. Let me help you on your project. Right. And sometimes that's because, number one, they might be dangerous. Number two, they might be expensive. Right. And I don't have the money to replace it. So I'm going to go make sure that things don't get destroyed. But I like tools. And, you know, one of the things I've seen is that I have sown tools and I have reaped tools. And here's the thing, when I saw them, I always get back better ones. Now, I, don't, you know, I do understand that principle from Scripture, but it's something I enjoy. And hey, if I can help you, then I want to. Why? Because I don't want to become stingy. This is my stuff. Well, I'd rather say it's the Lord's because then He's responsible to take care of it. I, that's, I, I just choose to live that way. I want to live. I want to have an open heart. You know, over in Acts chapter 4, we see this principle where the early church, that it says that they were together in community all the time and they begin to give. But what happens is, and and here's the particular verses. In Acts chapter 4 verse 31, it says that they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. And in verse 32, it says that they had a heart for one another and began to provide for one another. So let me say it this way. How many of you ever heard the principle of cause and effect? Everybody, I mean, you know. The cause was not generosity. The cause was being filled with the Holy Spirit, and the effect was generosity. So, the, and so I say that because of what? Because the closer we walk with the Lord, the more generous we will become. Your generosity can actually hinder your ability to mature and to grow closer to the Lord. Is that? It, it, I believe it's one of the expressions that God is moving in our life. Now, I'll just tell you, I, I'm a recovering, greedy person. <laughs> I, I say recovering because it's a process. But you know how I fight that? I choose to be generous. I mean, I used to have clothes that I wouldn't let go of. I couldn't even wear them anymore. But I paid good money for that. I had clothes and clothes and clothes. Just I, I'd leave them in boxes, wouldn't give them away couldn't even wear them anymore. Didn't want to wear them anymore. Wouldn't. I don't remember when, but I just made the decision one day. I'm getting rid of some of this stuff. I don't want to hoard stuff. I'd rather give it away. I mean, if you're in debt, sell it. All right, let me help you out. You got to pay some bills. Look around, some find some stuff to sell. But if you're in a place to give it away, and look, and I'll say this, even if you're in debt and the Lord leads you to give it, that's... But don't just start giving stuff away, saying, I'm sowing seed without praying about it. That's just some good natural wisdom for you there. If the Lord leads you to sow it, sow it. If he doesn't lead you to give it away, then sell it and apply that to some of your bills. But if we're not careful, we will just close in, become stingy. This is my stuff. I worked hard for this. I have an uncle who I mean who, who's mid-60s. Now, he's a very, in the natural, very prosperous man. But he has struggled with generosity. Not necessarily in giving of finances, but, you know, he he owns a business. He could not sell any of his old equipment. And this was his thought. I would rather sit out there in the field and rot than he wouldn't even sell it. And this isn't cheap stuff. I'm like, that's crazy. I mean, multiple vehicles lined up. Sitting out in a field, just... And we're talking about, I mean, we're not talking about pickups. We're talking about, like, big rig stuff. Lots of money. It was rotten. And here was the thought. Do you know how hard I worked for that? Do you know how much money is sitting out in your field? <laughs> like, do you realize? He's, I don't know, my dad's, uh, he's in his mid to late 60s. He finally sold some stuff to, to buy a new piece of equipment. We're like, yes. Why? Because it wasn't about the equipment. It was about his heart. Yes. It was that having to hold to. Because here's the thing. I mean, his equipment has made him money. And I'm like, it, you probably made more money than it cost you. But yet there was still something in him that could not let it go. See, and the same if we're not careful, we can become like that. Things can be so valuable to us that we can't even be generous with them. God never asked anything of us that he doesn't have something better in mind for us. And so, you know, these are just principles that we have to know. And it's the, the work of God in our lives. We are not naturally inclined to be generous. We're not naturally bent that way. So it takes the work of the Holy Spirit in our hearts to cause us to give and to live freely. And again, I say that as a recovering, greedy person. And sometimes I give stuff away just to make sure I'm not back there. Because I just want to see. There's a need. Hey, I can can give you this. I can, you know, I, I mean, if I can and I'm in a... I love to. But there are things that I'm still believing God to be more generous in. There's still desires of mine. Some things I've been believing God for for well over a decade. Some of them 15 years. And it's one day I will do this or I will do that. One day, God, you're going to bless me to the point that I can step out and to do this. Because it's a desire of my heart. Why? Because God changed my heart. And I want to live in that place. And I believe that that's God's desire for us as believers. Now, when I'm talking about being prosperous, I don't mean that we're all going to be millionaires. Depending on what you may have heard in the past or what you've heard taught. Prosperity does not mean sitting on bags of money. What was that or that uh, cartoon? Richie Rich? He'd dive into the money. Was that him? I can't remember. What was, what show was that? Was it Richie Rich? Yeah. Yeah. That's what we think of. That's not necessarily what I... Prosperity is this. And it's not just defined to one area. It's not just financial security. Prosperity is in every aspect of our life. It's peace. It's joy. It's contentment. It's fulfillment. But it does require a steadiness, even financially. And that's what prosperity looks like to me. It's not over the top, but it is that there is a... um, uh, A steadiness in our heart. So here's my last thought for you. I said I was preaching short. So I got to stick to it. Just to prove I can. You're right. (laughs) My last thought is that living generously is the only proof that we've overcome greed in our heart. And it's how we keep it away. It's the only proof that we've we've actually overcome greed in our life. Is the ability to be be generous. And it's, it's the same way as how we keep greed away. You just got to be intentional about being generous. Intentional about being generous. You know, I, I mean, and it's little things. You know, I mentioned this earlier. You might be believing God for a house. The next time you hear somebody moving, you ought to offer to help them move. God, because I'm believing. I'm getting a house, and I'm going to need somebody to help me. So I'm sowing a seed that I'm getting a new home, and I'm going to go help these people move. See, my, I mean, when you think this way, it changes Everything. Because it's not just, well, I'm generous in this area, that area. No, my life. I don't want to go help people move. I got a truck. Everybody thinks I volunteer to move people. Like, that's part of having a truck, you know. If you don't want to help people move, don't buy a truck. Let me just help you. You know, it'll save you a lot. Am I right, Mr. Chris? You got a truck. People just think, moving. You're like a moving service. That's why you got a truck. See, Chris, you don't need a truck unless you want to start helping people move. (laughs) Stephanie ain't here tonight, so I can say it. But... You get a truck, you're going to start getting phone calls. I'm just telling you, it's how it happens. And then you get a trailer and it's even worse, right? I mean, it's just like, oh, come on, you know. No, but I'm serious when I say that. If you're in that place and you say, man, I'm believing God, begin to look for ways. Be happy when somebody else buys a a house. And you're like, man, I'm so happy for you and mean it. Don't be jealous. Just say, Father, I thank you that my house is coming. I'm trusting you. I'm so thankful that you blessed them. Now I won't. I'm at, you said you won't do anything for one. That you wouldn't do for another. So. I'm next. And I'm going to be happy for them. See when we live that way. And we think that way. See it's not just a way of living. It's actually a way of thinking as well. It opens up doors for God to do more. And for God to increase us. But it it, it takes some focus. And some intentionality on our part. We've got to do our part. But. Real biblical prosperity is not about what we've done. It's much about what God does. And when we stay focused in that, we get to reap the reward and we get to reap the benefit. But it doesn't come because just our smarts. It it really starts and begins because of our generosity. And when we do that, God will work and God will do great things for you and for your family and in your life. Amen.